If you are vulnerable to psychic damage from roguish language, stay away from these gibbering mouths. But if you intend on listening to this podcast about enriching your fantastical group hallucinations, you're too far gone already. Your next game is going to be clairvoyant, and here's why. In this episode, we find some answers to, can we simplify how we respond to someone casting detect thoughts? And how do we add tension to our games with this classic spell? And what could a villain do if given unfettered access to the player's minds? Welcome to the Hook and Chance podcast. I'm Jordan. And I'm his brother, Travis. Today, we're talking about mind reading. And how glad I am that it ain't real. This podcast is about as close to glimpsing the interior of my mind as anyone can get. (laughs) But we've all seen it in movies. And it's always a curse, right? Characters that get to mind read. I mean, there was that brief time that Mel Gibson got superpowers, which is really like the last person that should ever get superpowers. Would you like to give us a glimpse of what you mean by that or just move on? No, I just mean that there was a time that somebody thought it would be a good idea to give Mel Gibson mind reading powers and then turn him loose on women. What movie are we talking about? We're talking about what women want. Oh, yeah. I never saw it. Yeah, he walked around like reading women's thoughts and then figuring out ways to weasel his dirty racist ass into their lives come on mel (laughs) get out okay so detect thoughts isn't all that bad but that being said i doubt characters have good intentions whenever they're using this (laughs) spell this is not a good intentions kind of spell yeah it is a dark thing to read a mind in the first place but i find that there's very few spells that put me on the spot as a dungeon master more then detect thoughts because it's basically just one of the players sitting at the table yelling at me. Tell me everything in this character's mind right now. Yeah. From the dungeon master perspective, this is really challenging because I just made this character up. Yeah. (laughs) Their name is Dan Daniel Dennison for fuck's sake. Like if I I named them that, do you think I have the mental capacity to know what they're thinking? I don't, this this character, it just it was just conjured into existence, and now I have to know its inner thoughts and desires and history and all the shit that they're dealing with in their day-to-day. It's too much. And it's either that situation or it's the flip side where I've conjured up the best mystery I can, and I'm sitting here with my disguised villain that's cackling behind their facade and all of a sudden someone casts this spell detect thoughts and ruins everything because i don't know what else to do but just start giving it all just start blurting i murdered the man (laughs) (laughs) ruin the entire thing so obviously we've established now that detect thoughts is just a terrible spell across the board it's bad for the dm uh, it's it's bad for the players because they're probably doing bad things when they cast it, and it's also <laughs> bad for Mel Gibson. So just don't don't toss it. Episode's can... done. <laughs> We're done. Wrap. Can the spell be saved? I believe it can. 
We think there's an approach that we can take to this spell that keeps things a little more vague, prevents you from accidentally spilling everything out on the table, and even adds some tension to any situation it's used in. I know that's a lot to promise. <laughs> Shooting lofty, but we'll see if we can stick the landing in the strategy stateroom. This is the strategy stateroom, where inventive and cunning tactics are crafted for when they're needed most. All right, so as we are wont to do, let's do a quick spell recap on Detect Thoughts. This one's meaty. It is. This is a, a small novel for a spell that can just be popped off willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah. So let's blast through. Casting time of one action. The range is self. The components are verbal, somatic, and material. A copper piece. Well, here's the first observation. We've got verbal, somatic, and material, which means that you're not necessarily casting this in the midst of anything other than things are calm, things are chill, and you can't quite cast it subtly. Right. You're not doing this if you're eye to eye with somebody unless you're, you know, causing a mighty distraction. Yeah. Or maybe you could just slink into the background. Like, let the rest of your party kind of fill in around you and just be like, uh, what's that person doing? Never mind, just ignore it. We're, uh, we're convening as a group. Or have the barbarians shit themselves. <laughs> as your one-two punch. <laughs> I need you to cause a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> That's a helpful uh, party member for sure. Its duration is up to a minute. The general classes are bard, sorcerer, and wizard, all who can cast this spell. All right, let's get into it. For the duration, you can read the thoughts of certain creatures. When you cast the spell and as your action on each turn until the spell ends, you can focus your mind on any one creature that you can see within 30 feet of you. You know what that makes me think of, though? Yeah? That reads like you could walk into a crowd and start scanning the surface thoughts of everyone within the vicinity. Say you were trying to, like, root someone out or something like that. You're basically just like turning the radio dial and just scanning for all of those channels to see if maybe you could pick up some surface thoughts like, oh God, I hope they don't see me over here. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, if the creature you choose has an intelligence of three or lower, it doesn't speak any language, the creature is unaffected. You initially learn the surface thoughts of the creature, what is most on its mind in that moment. That's what we're going to focus on mostly in this episode. Surface thoughts. What are they? What does that mean? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. I'm not even sure where to start. So we're just going to keep powering through. So as an action, you can either shift your attention to another creature's thoughts or attempt to probe deeper into the same creature's mind. If you probe deeper, the target must make a wisdom saving throw. If it fails, you gain insight into its reasoning, if any, its emotional state, and something that looms large in its mind, such as something it worries over, loves, or hates. That's also a lot to unpack. This is the part that I think trips most DMs up. What the hell does any of that mean? <laughs> Just, that's a lot of words to say, 
anything that it's thinking about a lot. Well, we're getting into what it loves or hates or worries. What are the worries? Yeah, of your NPC. You better oh have done your God. prep There's for this one. so much. <laughs> I mean, are we going to get into the villain's bills? <laughs> I've got to pay my bills. I forgot. I, they're due today. My Aunt Petunia is supposed to be visiting next week, but I haven't <laughs> cleaned the house. Oh, she's so... She, uh, where am I going to sleep? I can't put her on the hide-a-bed. She'll complain the entire time. I really got to work on my diet. <laughs> I've been eating too much spam. <laughs> so in this fantasy fiction that you are weaving, this villain is just eating... an. A- Who eats a little bit of spam, much less a lot of spam? I ate a lot of spam when I was poor in Hawaii. All right, well... (laughs) A lot of spam. That is coming from personal lived experience, which means if I were to detect thoughts on you, you would worry that you ate too much spam. (laughs) Way back when I lived in Hawaii, yeah. Good to know. Okay, moving on. If it succeeds, this spell ends. Either way, the target knows that you are probing into its mind, and unless you shift your attention to another creature's thoughts... The creature can use its action on its turn to make an intelligence check contested by your intelligence, and if it succeeds, the spell ends. Questions verbally directed at the target creature naturally shape the course of its thoughts, so this spell is particularly effective as part of an interrogation. And previously on the podcast, we talked about interrogations a bit, and how torture is very bad and does not work. (laughs) So don't do it in D&D. Use spells like this instead. If there was ever a stance to have, that's the one that's going to get the least amount of resistance. (laughs) Torture's bad. Yeah. Please agree with me. The spell can penetrate barriers. So two feet of rock, two inches of any metal, or a thin sheet of lead blocks you. So, I don't know, cool to read people's minds from another side of the wall? Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's pretty powerful. That in and of itself, that takes care of the whole verbal, somatic, and material component thing of just like gesturing in front of someone that you're about to penetrate their brain. You just do it from behind a door. Especially since you can also use this spell to detect the presence of thinking creatures you can't see. When you cast the spell or as your action during the duration, you can search for thoughts within 30 feet of you. You're just kind of like feeling around in the dark for some cool thoughts that you can just kind of tap into. (laughs) Yeah. You can't detect a creature with an intelligence of three or lower or one that doesn't speak any language, so don't try and use it on slimes. And once you detect the presence of a creature in this way, you can read its thoughts for the rest of the duration as described above, even if you can't see it, but it still must be within range. All right, so all of that aside, essentially we got a spell that uses all of the regular components. You can feel around in the dark for somebody's thoughts within 30 feet, and then if you want to probe deeper, you can, but they maybe might detect you. That's essentially what all of this is saying. Yeah. But let's go through the individual kind of the spots that people typically would trip up with this particular spell. The biggest tripping point is figuring out, again, in that moment, what are surface thoughts for this NPC. So surface thoughts, I mean, they're the active dialogue that you have with yourself. That's not new information. 
a lot of the times we go straight to the secrets that they might be keeping, but I would think that detect thoughts might reveal that a person is concerned with their secret being found out, but you're not actively thinking about the details of your secret. Well, here, let's, let's try this for a moment. What are surface thoughts? What are you thinking of on the surface? One, two, three, go. Platypus, dinosaur, anyone can have eggs for breakfast or dinner or lunch. <laughs> huh. Okay, so <laughs> that's, that's a lot to take in. Did that help? No. No, it really <laughs> didn't. It, my adventuring party has more questions than answers at this point. Sure. So here's the thing. I think with a lot of people, when they hear the term surface thoughts, they think stream of consciousness. And I can only speak for myself, but that's not what's going on inside my head at all hours of the day, as it is apparently yours. This is maybe best exemplified in movies like Sherlock Holmes, where Sherlock is sitting there thinking about his next move. You know those like scenes that they did where he like fights people and he's like, slap him in the ear and poke him in the eyes. Yeah. And he's he's thinking all of this and he's thinking through his next move. That, to me, is surface thought. It is, who the hell is this guy? I'm going to judge. Oh, well, he's not wearing very nice clothes. He must be from a lower class family. I'm not going to give this guy time. Oh, what's he doing asking me questions? What an asshole. <laughs> Those are surface thoughts. They're observational. Fair enough. So I think the first step is to stop thinking about all the thoughts that a human could have. Specifically you. Stop thinking about what <laughs> thoughts you have. Because they're a little bit disconcerting. Sure. But to focus in and say, what would this character be observing about their immediate surroundings or their situation. And that's the first category of thoughts I think we can propose here is observational. You're noticing the details around yourself. And the neat thing about this is if you do have an NPC that you've given a basic adjective or trait to work with, let's say grumpy, this can be expressed and even learned through that character's observational thoughts that the cast is learning. Like a greedy merchant might be thinking about selling the fighter's sword and how much of a profit they could make off of that. And that right there, that one piece of information, that adjective right there of greedy means that I as a player go, well, shit, this guy can be exploited because he wants my sword. Yeah. Cool. That gives me something to go on. So crafting NPCs in such a way that you have at least something to go on and not starting with Dan Danielson is your first step as a little bit of a reprieve as a DM. And if we want to give the players a little bit more, I think we can step into factual thoughts. These are just identifying things about yourself or your life that are hard facts that somebody reading your mind might be able to use to their advantage. Like that greedy merchant might be thinking, I better close up early to deposit the 15 gold pieces I made today. Yeah, and thinking about that, actively saying god i hope these guys don't think of trying to rob me yeah. i've got 15 gold pieces especially if the rogue in the corner is looking real shifty exactly so they're now thinking about the reality 
of what's going on in their world. Like first they were thinking about just their observations, they're taking in the scene. And now that we're kind of established, now the detect thoughts is picking up a lot of the other details. I mean, potentially the merchant is just sitting there thinking, okay, I've had the observational thought of, that's a nice sword. I could probably sell that. And now is onto the factual thought of, I could get all those swords and I would sell them to Slick Jimmy down the road. He's got a ton. <laughs> oh man, he would pay so much for these. Yeah. Now, whether the characters follow up or not, and of course you're responding to what the characters are talking about if they're in a conversation with them. You got tons of places to go. This is a great way to deliver whatever is coming next in the adventure and make the spell really quite valuable because they don't need to sit there and talk through the whole thing. They've just got Slick Jimmy, who's clearly the person who's dealing the arms. This was their lead, and now they know the next part of the quest. True. And if we continue this train of thought, now the merchant's thinking about how Slick Jimmy has their valuables stored in a safe that the merchant's keeping underneath their shop and some of the details around that. So if the players are spending long enough inside the mind of their potential target, it gives us time to start to panic and go from observational to factual to secret thoughts as they keep probing and the tension gets ramped up. Right. But here's the problem that I have with this spell in particular, is that it is a pass-fail kind of thing. And there is a ton of opportunity for tension building. It's, I'm going to detect some surface thoughts, and I'm going to figure out what they ate for lunch, or I'm going to probe deeper, get the good shit, and potentially be caught, and ruin this entire encounter. Yeah, it just seems like such a hard stop to the spell. So, if we wanted to make it a little more of a tension building moment when a character uses the spell... Let's imagine the mind, if you will, as a safe that the caster is trying to crack. Well, I'm already in here with the tension. So there's two general types of scenarios that I can think of that the need for detect thoughts are going to come up in. And before we get into them, let's set up a little situation that could happen in a game. Let's say we've got a big old baddie, Lord Drogon, a manipulative bully working his way towards control of the city. He's been kidnapping his political enemies and shipping them out in crates on the dock, these crates not appearing in the ship's manifests. Ooh, juicy. I love it. Now the party is looking into why people are going missing, of course. They found a notice on a bounty board, and they are off to their first waypoint in their quest, which is the docks. Or, you know, a slew of plot hooks there. Maybe it's a relative. Maybe it's all kinds of stuff. Anyway... <laughs> Yes, bounty board. I introduce to you a new, very light mechanic and concept to this spell. So we talked about those three types of surface thoughts. You've got observations, facts, and secrets. So when the caster casts detect thoughts, they start in observational thoughts. Then on the next turn, they can make a spell attack with the target character's intelligence score as the dice check. On a success, the cast is going to creep into that next type of thought. So they go from observational to facts. And on the next round, again, they can try and get from facts to secrets. I think it'd be kind of neat to say after a failure or maybe three failures, things don't work out in the caster's favor. 
We'll get into what that could look like in a minute. So let's see what this could look like in practice. So what I love about this mechanic is that it has a buildup. It's not just surface thoughts are nothing. Surface thoughts are you're caught and everything's screwed up. Surface thoughts are you've made an enemy for life. This basically just means like that the analogy, the analogy works really well. You're cracking a safe. You're like getting one layer deeper after another. And it's this gamble every single time as to whether or not you can get deeper and expose those secrets, those juicy secrets that they have locked away in their mind safe. Yeah. And that's the kind of tension that we want, the kind of tension that comes with a fucking heist movie. And I can just see this adding so much to the conversation that might be playing out, whether it's an interrogation or you're at the mercy of the villain and you're trying to very subtly and secretly crack their mind safe. I like it. That brings us to the two situations you might find yourself in. The first is where the party has the upper hand. That's what we keep talking about with the interrogation. This means that the caster isn't necessarily trying to hide anything that they're doing magic or trying to get into your mind. They're merely trying to get that information out of the target's mind. So let's say the party finds a lead. The necklace of a victim was found near the docks. So they head down there to see if there's any witnesses that may have information. Ooh, yeah, because then the caster casts detect thoughts and starts scanning the surface thoughts of everyone on the dock, just going from one person to the next because it doesn't require a check to do so. And then they finally hit one of the dock workers who's like, oh shit, who are these people? They seem sketchy. They're having some sketchy thoughts. Uh, God, they don't look like they belong here. I wonder if they're... I wonder if they're going to come and interrogate me. That gives them enough to go on. They ask her if she's seen anything suspicious. Her shiftiness as she says no arouses enough suspicion to ask more questions. So the question here is, can the caster get the truth out of them before they shut down completely? I'm digging this because we all know that dock workers are surly. Right. Like they're already predisposed to not really wanting to talk to the... (laughs) The fuzz. Yeah. Anyone asking questions is probably bad news. And the interesting thing I find about this system is that their intelligence score that they're resisting with can represent different things. Like in this situation, it can represent this dock worker trying to resist your mental probing. So as you're getting in and you're rolling those failures, they're throwing you off with random thoughts. They know you're in there. (laughs) So one trick when presenting a character's thoughts is presenting and portraying it through a scene. So rather than just reading off their own internal dialogue and just that stream of consciousness stuff, present their thoughts as a scene. So with this, you're showing, you're not really telling. You're requiring a bit of interpretation. Like this takes a little bit to to kind of think of but you're kind of being vague and it allows the players to try to read in to maybe what they're picking up in this detect thoughts and to feel a little bit more like a detective in that moment like you're giving them the information that you're trying to give them but it it just feels a little bit more like they're paying attention and picking it up themselves and with each next shove 
they're trying to probe a little bit deeper. So you're taking them through a, a memory or just like flashing back to a moment within this NPC's life. But we're gonna we're gonna show you what we mean here. So let's let's dive into a hypothetical scene again. Those scenes can even be them projecting hopes for the future too. It doesn't just have to be memories. You're reading their thoughts, so they're imagining themselves in a future situation. Like this, for example. So if the character cast detect thoughts on this dock worker, they're observational thoughts. They're thinking that they got to keep quiet about this or they're going to have to skip town. So maybe the caster sees a scene of them taking off through the city gates at night, nervously looking back over their shoulder. They're dragging a big, heavy rolling suitcase? <laughs> Do they have rolling suitcases in a fantasy world? Definitely. Ones that are real smooth. And they're imagining being pursued, maybe hunted by mobsters. Yeah. So this scene lets the characters know that there's something to find out here and that the NPC really doesn't want to tell them. It makes me question as a player, Are is this, was this real? Is this the future? Do, why are, but they're in town. They're not, they haven't left town. So is this real? Is this something that they're just kind of imagining. Now, as a DM, if you want to help a little bit with that confusion, because they're supposed to be able to read their thoughts, maybe you could, you know, color future as one thing and past as another. Oh, there you go. Give them a little bit of a visual cue. Well, the next is those facts. And now the players have decided that they want to keep gambling. They're going to roll the dice again, and they're going to try and probe deeper into this character's memory. So now we get into those facts. The NPC is picturing being on a moonlit dock and seeing something that they shouldn't have seen. They're seeing a whole bunch of people load crates onto a ship and they can't quite tell what ship it is. It's dark, but they, you, they're stressed and the players can feel their stress. Yeah, absolutely. It's a cloudy, dark evening. There's music drifting across the bay from another ship. I mean, you can keep adding factual details to this scene. Again, they don't all have to be what the cast is looking for, but the players get to put on that detective hat and figure out what matters and what doesn't. Maybe on the boardwalk, a drunk harasses a couple coming out of a tavern. But the heart of it is that there's something suspicious going on with those crates. Now, maybe they can probe a little bit deeper and get to a secret. Maybe the name of the ship itself or somebody else that is connected to this that might know more. But that next stage in the adventure needs to be revealed if they get this deep. So maybe Lord Drogon shows up handing out bribes, telling people that nobody needs to know about this shipment, and they know what happens if someone finds out. Or a crate is set down too hard, and the wood splinters on a side as an arm rolls out of the crate. Oh. These are the secrets that this NPC has been trying to hide. They've been trying to forget, honestly. Yeah. Because they know that their life is in danger should any of this ever get out. So they've repressed this shit. They've pushed it way down. And now the players are starting to poke and prod around and they're getting the good shit. So we now have everything we need. We know that Lord Drogon is absolutely a part of this plan. And we know probably what kind of ship it was it was four masted yeah we have everything we need as players to keep moving along and i don't have to necessarily fluster 
and potentially reveal the end of the game or whatever the hell else is going on. And if this all seems like a ton to prep as a DM, it's really not much more than you'd already be doing because if you've got a story worked out where something bad is happening, that's all you need. Beyond that, you're just thinking of a scene that the character that's being questioned was a part of. And the I think the big piece of this is you're not necessarily letting players just dictate anything. Because as soon as players typically cast detect thoughts, they start asking questions of the DM that are way too specific. <laughs> what you're doing is you're turning the tables. You're not answering any questions. You're just painting a scene and allowing them to pick details out that are worth inquiring. Yeah, and the more they try to probe, the more cryptic you get on their asses. <laughs> <laughs> and the longer they spend rooting around in this character's head. Yeah. Potentially running the risk of being caught. And the being caught leads us to the other situation that you could have here. And I think it's kind of fun because the opposition could have the upper hand, which is very different than interrogation. So let's flip that whole situation for a second and say that the lead that the party found was that the missing parties had all recently gone to meetings with Lord Drogon. So the party heads to Lord Drogon's residence to see what they can find out. They're invited into his taxidermy room. There are dozens of guards and thugs posted around the room as they walk around with him. He's playing up on being cooperative, but not knowing anything. So the question here is very different. It's can the caster read their thoughts and get what they need without being detected because things are going to go south real fast if Lord Drogon finds out that they're detecting his thoughts well and the other challenge here is that we've got a character that's like seriously on the defensive it's not just a sketchy dock worker who maybe saw a little bit too much and isn't practiced at shutting these kind of thoughts out but now we've got lord drogon who absolutely is trying to hide his seedy business. Yeah. This is going to be another level. And in this situation, you could even have the same scene planned in your head. This could all lead to the same scene on the docks where Lord Drogon comes and offers those bribes and the hand falls out of the box. He was there too. We can recycle all of the same facts just from a different perspective. And I'd say, if you are mind-reading a villain and they do find out, Feel free to whip out the disturbing thoughts as a defense. <laughs> like if they know you're in there. Oh boy. I know this is dangerous water. And of course, of course, be aware of what your table prefers and don't go too far with it. But, you know, I do this without actually getting too deep into the nasty thought. It could just be a fun way to inspire a little extra hate for this villain. Like them picturing having every one of the party members locked up in his dungeon as he's heating up a nice iron poker. Yeah, there you go. He's thinking that. Yeah. And you're seeing it, <laughs> which means he's fantasizing about it. Oh, boy. Yeah. We get into some murky water there. <laughs> but I love this idea of, oh, shit, we've failed. We're not going to tell the party or the players that they have failed. But now, all of a sudden, Lord Drogon can absolutely show you. He he knows you're in there now, yeah. but he's not going to kick you out necessarily. <laughs> he's going to take you on a little tour of the danger you're in if you keep 
pestering him and getting into his plans, you damn meddling kids. And to take it to the next level, imagine he's a caster and he's actually got some mind tricks of his own. So he keeps you in his mind for the disturbing thoughts. Oh, no. And you actually have to do a little roll off to get out. Well, that's dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) Especially if he's thinking about Mel Gibson. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Not Mel. Okay, that right there. The next time an NPC wins at this whole thing, your big bad evil is able to push out the players and control the thoughts. He actually just sits the caster down and replays what women want in real time (laughs) to your party. You just stop the game and you force the entire party to watch a Mel Gibson film from the late 90s. That's about the worst torture I've ever heard about in Dungeons and Dragons, for sure. You have a sick mind, Travis. (laughs) It's truly twisted. But as we do this, one last thing. I would love to see folks add some of the tension in here. Yeah. So every single roll, we're adding some of the flavor of creeping through someone's thoughts and trying to poke around. And we're adding some distinctive flavor to it's murky and it's it's not quite tangible. And you're seeing pictures of somebody's childhood and, uh, oh, my goodness, they, like there was a dragon there. There's just flashes of it, but I can't quite see it. And then you're at the docks. Yeah, like, that's what it's like to probe through someone's mind. And the maybe. images are rough at first and they're kind of cloudy and. And then the figures are forming out of the mist of a mind or whatever you want to spin it. We're letting the players do a little bit of focusing and guiding the scene where they want to go. Oh, what is what's the name on the side of that ship? It's really hard to see. You're going to have to roll one more time. Yeah. Oh, no, we're doing this again. It's upping the stakes. We could fail at any moment. And some of the other party members were even trying to lead the conversation to be like, yeah, we were down at the docks the other day to see if they could trigger Lord Drogon's subconscious to thinking about what's at the docks. And now you're giving advantage to the person that's doing the detect thoughts to probe another level deeper. The entire party is sitting there listening to this going, oh shit, if the caster fails one more time, Lord Drogon and all of his forces are going to attack us. But we need the proof. We need to understand where is that ship going? (laughs) Yeah, they could even be defending the caster as they're locked in that mental battle with Lord Drogon. Yes. That'd be great. That's so much better than, uh, I want to probe deeper. Okay, they know you're in. The spell's over. Here you go. Ugh. I feel deflated just hearing that. Well, that's what I'm here for. Now that you're deflated, let's move on to our next (laughs) segment. Lamashtu's 2's Breeding Pit, where we're going to talk a little bit about how to beef up a villain with some mind reading. This is Lamashtu's 2's Breeding Pit, where the most vile and deadly of creatures are birthed and unleashed upon doomed adventurers. So this concept came about because I've had this trouble. I think you've had this trouble, Travis. And I think everyone listening knows about this trouble. And it's characters that plot or scheme or communicate too much out of character. Yeah, 100% been there, done that. 
Yeah, we've even done it ourselves. We've been that problem player. So, how's this for a villain? They can always read your thoughts. Like, detect thoughts is always active. They can feel anyone around them. Wow. And on top of that, when you're playing a character, Travis, your character's thoughts are essentially your thoughts, right? Well... I am. If I'm properly role-playing, yes, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, what my character do, my thoughts are this. Yeah. So, yes. But I want to take it a step further and say that the villain knows your spells and tactics. Sure, all those character thoughts you're talking about. But the villain can also hear all of the table talk. Wait, all what? Of it. <laughs> the villain's reading the player's thoughts. Oh, shit. We broke the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah. We just Tore it smashed down. it down. Why not? And if your players are doing that out of character talk, then the villain's talking directly to them. Oh, my goodness. Like, yeah, I know I what you're up to. I love that. Because <laughs> you know that when the villain is sitting there going, huh, I'm going to read their thoughts, you know that out of character, all of the players are sitting around the table going, all right, so I'm going to start with a fireball, and they're like <laughs> leafing through all of that, but the villain is sitting there inside their minds, and then he says out loud, don't start with a fireball. <laughs> oh, shit, he's listening to us! <laughs> he knows everything we're going to do. I love that so much. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a specific tone of game that you're going to introduce this in. <laughs> it doesn't belong in the campaign you've been building up dramatically all year long. But this could be uh, an absolute blast, I think. And that's it. That's it for Lamashi's Breeding Pit, Yeah, huh? that's short and sweet. <laughs> Didn't want to spoil it with you too much. You don't get any stat blocks. <laughs> you just get a concept. Yeah. Hey, times are tight, and we've got a deadline, so... There you go. You got a new villain that can read the player's thoughts. <laughs> I hope you got something out of this entire episode as a whole. Please let us know how you've used Detect Thoughts in the past to great effect because this is one of those spells that can go a million directions depending on the group it's used in. If this was helpful to you, we would love to hear from you. You can hop onto our Discord, which you can find the link for our Discord on our website, hookandchance.com, where you can come and talk to us. Tell us how it went. We would love to hear if this was useful to you. Right. All true facts. A warm welcome to our new patrons, Zach G and Greg Greg. Welcome. Thank you for patroning us. It really helps us keep the show going. And to the rest of our patrons, thank you for continuing to let us read your thoughts and make hopefully good content from them. Michelle T. Hentenius, Alan E. Matthew T. Felix R. Chris F. The Senate. Lucas D. Lila G. The GM Tim. Thomas W. Thomas W. <laughs> Thomas W. <laughs> Thomas D. Tyler G. Ty N. Heavy Arms. Eric R. Aldros. Leprechaun. And Will HP. Thank you all so much. Thanks also to Tabletop Audio for the sound effects that you heard throughout the episode. You can follow us at Hook and Chance on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. Join the wonderful folks on our Discord. Answer questions, ask questions, get more ideas. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening, listening, and, and don't read Mel games. Gibson's mind. <laughs> the darkness that exists there. Worse than anything. <laughs>